What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. From fiberglass repairs to quality painting, they'll take care of your truck and equipment from top to bottom in their new 64-foot spray booth. By the way, Inland Body and Paint of Fontana repaired and repainted the KCAA truck, and they can do the same job for your car, truck, or heavy-duty equipment. Inland Body and Paint, dedicated to the community and to your satisfaction. Call them today to learn what they can do for you. You can find Inland Body and Paint on Valencia in Fontana. Call them at 909-434-0466 or online at inlandbodyandpaint.com. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. I'm Tom Busby, CNBC. Once again, the United States has hit its debt limit of just under $20 trillion. That's got the Trump White House pushing Congress to make sure the government is able to borrow more money, can avoid breaching the new borrowing limit, and doesn't have to shut down. Some good news in housing today. New home construction up 3% in February, hitting a 10-year high. Most of that thanks to unusually warm temperatures across much of the country last month. That sent home builder shares higher, but not much else. The Dow down 15 points today. The Nasdaq managed just a fractional gain. An earnings beat after the bell from software giant Adobe Systems. Target will begin selling clothing and accessories designed by the former Spice Girl Victoria Beckham starting in May. And the Labor Department reports 5.6 million advertised open jobs in the U.S. in January, while the number of people quitting one job to take another that month reached the highest level in 16 years. Tom Busby, CNBC. Are you a taxpayer deep in debt to the IRS? If so, then listen carefully to this special public announcement. Due to consumers facing difficulty in the ongoing U.S. economic downturn, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from individuals who owe back taxes. Participation in special initiatives by the IRS can reduce your payments by thousands of dollars. A special hotline has been established by National Tax Credit Group to enroll suffering citizens during this crisis. Call the special service hotline to see if you qualify for this historic relief opportunity during the ongoing economic downturn. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone. 800-554-6899. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, you may now qualify for substantial relief. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements, resulting in some tax debts being reduced by thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify for your reduction, call this new special service hotline now. 800-554-6899. 800-554-6899. That's 800-554-6899. NBC News Radio, I'm Lisa Carter. 
not seeing it. Leaders of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence say they see no evidence of President Trump's wiretapping allegations. Republican Chairman Richard Burr and Democratic Vice Chairman Mark Warner issuing a statement saying, quote, we see no indication that Trump Tower was the subject of surveillance. Yesterday, leaders of the House Intelligence Committee basically said the same thing, no evidence. Earlier this month, President Trump took to Twitter accusing former President Obama of bugging Trump Tower ahead of last year's presidential election. The Republican health care bill quickly moving through the House. The Budget Committee gave the health care measure a thumbs up and passed it to the House Rules Committee. That could be the last stop before it hits the House floor. GOP House Speaker Paul Ryan. We're very pleased with where we are because we are on track and on schedule. Ryan played down reports of tension with the Trump White House. This president is getting deeply involved. House Democratic Leader Nancy Pelosi mocked Speaker Ryan's claim that repealing Obamacare is an act of mercy. Is it an act of mercy to throw 24 million people out of health insurance? The House health care bill is opposed by Democrats and some conservative Republicans. In Washington, I'm Terry Moore, NBC News Radio. McDonald's says it is investigating after a tweet on its corporate account attacked President Trump. The tweet read, Donald Trump, you are actually a disgusting excuse of a president, and we would love to have Barack Obama back. Also, you have tiny hands. The tweet was pinned to the top of the account before it was deleted. McDonald's released a statement saying Twitter notified us that our account was compromised. We deleted the tweet, secured our account, and are now investigating this. Former President Obama's press secretary, Robert Gibbs, is the executive vice president and global chief communications officer at McDonald's. That's Sharon Reed reporting on the story. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. From the KCAA Weather Center, I'm Keith Langlots. For tonight, mostly clear, a low 59. Friday, sunny, a high 87. Friday night, mostly clear, a low 58. Saturday, we start the weekend, sunny and a high 83. Saturday night, partly cloudy, a low 55. Sunday, mostly sunny, a high 82. Sunday night, we finish the weekend with patchy fog, otherwise cloudy and a low 54. Going to work Monday, the fog got here by 8, otherwise sunny and high 77. That's your weather forecast for this hour from KCAA, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM, 3 in 1. The trifecta of talk in Southern California. This is KCAA. Hey, buddy, I hoid the droughts moving in, muscling in on your turf. To make matters worse, the man keeps telling you to limit your spigot. That drought is bad news, no fooling. But me and my boys can help. The water boys, on the water zone, Thursday nights at 6. We'll help you protect your turf and save water. And hey, don't worry about it. Consider it a gift. Yeah, Louie, you heard the boss. We gotta listen in at 6 p.m. on Thursday nights. Okay, Vinny, you got it. The Water Zone, Thursday nights at 6 p.m. I'll tell our lawn it's now protected.
live from the NBC News Radio Broadcasting Studios of KCAA 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, 106.5 FM, located in beautiful downtown San Bernardino, California. Thanks for tuning into the Water Zone Show today. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Starr, along with Mr. Mike Barron, also known around here as Mikeypedia, and collectively we are known as Da Water's Boys. boys. Good afternoon, Michael. Good afternoon there, Mr. Rob Starr. How are you? I'm great. Long time no see. I know. Probably about an hour ago. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But it's always such a pleasure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing we get a chance to uh, end a good work day, and then we get to focus on water and learn about what's going on in the state of California and other parts of the country. Absolutely. And we have more fans calling us and and emailing me, so we'll give a a wave out. We're supposed to say hello to, to Sandra. She's watching. She oh. told me I should say hi to her. And did you hear the latest news? No. Someone told me we're on Sirius XM now? Yeah, we're all over the place. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but we could always hope for. No. We'll never leave our KCAA <laughs> no. 1050 AM home where we started this uh, Well, Well, show. you know we were being wooed by that other organization. Yeah, but we won't, we won't no, mention that. No, we won't that, mention right. that because we, we, we're st- loyal. we want to stay here. NBC is treating us real well. Well, let's get to the weekly news and uh, we'll see what's going on. And we'll bring in our, our news maven, Miss Chris Austin from Maven's Notebook. Good afternoon, Chris. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. This is now my favorite part of the show. Except for oh, the it's interviews. always fun to talk water. I know, I know, and uh, there's lots going on. Uh, so we want to know from you, Chris, kind of uh, what's hot on your list, uh, what's top of your list of uh, water goings on. And let me give out the call-in numbers because oh. we do want to hear from people. That's and, true. Uh, That's and, true. And, and there was a gentleman I, I, I got. I, I have to mention it was a gentleman, and I think his last name was Greasy or G R E C E, and we were going to give him something. He called a couple weeks ago when. Uh, when uh, Chris was on, oh. and we sent something, but it came back. He he left a post office box. So if he's listening, uh, I didn't take the message, but if he's uh, listening, if you can call back into the station at these numbers, um, we'll re- get the correct address and resend you out that package. Local line here is 909-888-5222. And if you're calling outside that uh, 909 area code, you can do 888-909-1050. Had to get that in. And... Uh, Anyway, back course, to Chris. Of course, of course, for those people that, that don't speed listen, that's 909-888-5222 for local calls or toll-free outside of uh, San Bernardino, 888-909-1050. You got the finger, actually. If, <laughs> for those who are watching us on, uh, on Ustream or kcaradio.com, uh, you can... Do my little finger stuff. Oh, really? You understand? You can uh, sign? Well, I only know ones by a couple fingers, but I can't do that here. Okay, okay. <laughs> I get a lot of that when I'm driving. So, Chris, <laughs> we're get back to you and uh, what's happening in the world of water. Oh, well, I guess the big news of the week was that they had problems at another reservoir up in uh, Northern California. But this one's not nearly the same situation as Oroville Dam. This one is actually at a small reservoir that's more of a four-bay in the Delta. Um, it's Clifton, no Court. That re- hmm? Clifton Court, I believe. Yes, Clifton Court Four Bay, right. And they had some problems to like a concrete apron under one of the pumping facilities there. So it's going to take about 30 to 45 days to, re- to uh, fix that. 
Um, and so they, they aren't able to pump anything out of the Delta right now. But I'm not sure it's really a big deal because all the reservoirs south of the Delta are pretty much full. So they don't really have a lot of capacity to pump any more water south. I, I heard uh, that like San Luis Rey was at 10% capacity a year ago, and today it's, as you say, just about full. Yeah, it is. And that's good news for the farmers because they're the ones that get the uh, get the water out of it. Although it's really interesting, the week before they put out the Central Valley Project water allocation, which is for most of the farming industry in the Central Valley, how much water they're going to get. And they declared full supplies for everybody on the east side of the valley, but on the west side of the valley, they said, um, we're going to wait a few more weeks before we say, which has a lot of people down there uh, or in the valley sort of scratching their heads saying, well, if we have full reservoirs um, all over the state, um, why are why can't you say, and why isn't it like 100% for everybody? So that's really putting some questions up, you know, like to uh, the management and the capacity of our system. If after a year when we have the most water on record, they can, and not everybody is getting full supplies. Well, at least not not yet, but it's still possible that, that the people that make those allocations, because the Central Valley Project is really a federally controlled operation, right? right? So, uh, yeah, it's interesting that, that they would um, not kind of see the writing on the wall or – I we'll guess get, they just we'll want to be cautious. New, we'll get some new yeah. hats. Make, 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 make California wet again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is kind of interesting because the farmers that are being told to wait are the ones that are on that utilize the San Luis Reservoir, which is, you know, just about absolutely full. So, you know, they're sort of wondering, you know, why can't you say? So, um, but they're not saying not yet. So we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you something. Um, you know, I know your focus is on the state of California and water. In California, do at the meetings that you go to, the people that you talk to, is the topic of Lake Mead and the Colorado River Basin ever mentioned or discussed as having some type of relationship or impact on California water issues? You know, it um, it really isn't up in Sacramento, and I think that part of that reason is because the Colorado River is is a river uh, basin that's controlled by seven states and uh, Mexico, and the you know the water master is the U.S. Department of Interior. So I don't think there's a feeling that there's a whole lot that can be done, but it does have a big impact on really on the statewide water supply because it's one of the main uh, water supplies for Southern California, and we're half the population of the state. Um, and Pat Mulroy, who used to, you know, uh, run the Southern Nevada Water Authority, is, you know, very concerned that people in Colorado should be watching the Delta and the Delta should be watching the Colorado. But I think that the the 
simple fact is that the people in the Delta and the farmers in the Central Valley have so much on their plate right now with drought and with the processes going on at the state water board and with groundwater, you know, which a lot of them are still trying to come to terms with the groundwater legislation. I think that the feeling up there is that I don't think they have bandwidth to worry about another water basin. Well, I know some uh, somebody's worrying about it, right? Because if that level uh, or the the elevation, you know, falls below 1,075 feet, then all of a sudden, you know, apparently the feds can come in and start making the allocation decisions. And of course, neither Arizona, Nevada, or California want the feds to step in and make decisions for the lower basin states. Yeah. And interestingly enough, in terms of water rights, California has the most senior rights on the system. So in a sense, you know, we could almost you know, cross our hands and say, you know, good luck with that. We still get all our water. (laughs) But I think that, you know, the Metropolitan Water District and, you know, to a certain extent, the the farmers and the people in the Imperial Valley are trying to work with all the water users on the river because it really does work to have more water in the system. I mean, once you start hitting, you know, getting too low in Lake Mead, then there's more impacts than just water. I mean, there's power impacts. They won't be able to to generate hydropower at a certain point if it gets too low. And and even as the reservoir drops, you know, the head on those pumps is, you know, uh, the head on the turbines is sort of dropping too. So, you know, there's this, you know, the hydropower out of Hoover Dam is a big important part of power in the whole southwest especially if you 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 don't think of it as green power because you know there's no production of hydro or of uh co2 you know in the production of that the carbons so right right and when we had the drought uh you know you know all years before this uh there was a great reduction in hydropower which meant we had to uh, we had to get power from elsewhere, and we were very fortunate here in Los Angeles that what the last summer wasn't as uh, could have been a lot hotter, um, and we could have had you know the rolling brownouts and everything because we would have to be bringing that power in from out of the state if we're not generating it here. Right. So. Well, we're pretty blessed. I mean, if you take a look at Lake Castaic, it's it's up to about ninety two percent capacity. The Sierra uh, Nevada's uh, snowpack as of last Friday was at uh, at through Saturday was one hundred and seventy eight percent of average. Yeah, I think we're going to have a good year this year. Um, Well, whether we're going to have a good year next year, you know, well, that all remains to be seen. We could we could be back in drought next year, but I think it's pretty safe to say this year um, we're looking pretty good. Well, and and the overall uh, consumption of water on a per capita basis, uh, obviously, with the rain really dropped. I I got to just proudly say, for sixty days. my my wife and I we consumed uh, twelve units of water, and when I calculated out, it was about seventy eight seventy nine gallons per day per person, which is which is higher than the fifty five that we're tar- you know the state of California is targeting is the is the is the the right amount. But um, that certainly gives me a base to identify what water is used inside the house versus what's used outside the house as, as now it starts to get warm. And you still smell good. Yeah, you know what? 
So do you have something special on your bill that tells you um, your own personal water use? Well, uh, it, or do you derive that? I derive that because uh, it it tells me the number of units because it bills, you know, uh, they have, right, they right. have kind of like a two-tier uh, system. So I know the total units, but I know that I kept my sprinkler system off 100% of the time during the time frame of the of the bill so right i now so everything we use you know we had some friends over and kids visited us and that kind of thing and my grandson came to take his baths and that kind of thing <laughs> but uh but in general you know that i mean there was maybe some hose outdoor watering of, of plant uh pots and plants and that kind of thing but uh, that's the lowest in since 1993 that is the lowest number of units i've, I've ever used uh, well, that's great. So. You know, they say that, you know, if you provide that, if you make that information available to the consumers and you sort of get people, you know, show them comparisons, not naming names, but of similar properties with similar sizes, that giving that feedback to the customers will make them reduce their water use. Well, my, people that. will just do it to be competitive. You know? <laughs> That's true. Well, Mike always had this analogy, uh, like when you go to the gas station and fill your tank up, you can see how much gas you're pumping right right then and there. Unfortunately, with water, you got to wait till you get your next bill. Yeah, and right. you know, it's like you pay for your resource before you use it, whereas with water, you use it before you pay for it. So that uh, – was brought to my attention at the Southern Nevada Water Authority, one of the seminars. This is about maybe six years ago. And he said, you know, we can do all these programs and we can provide all this education, but if we ignore the psychology of, you know, when you pay for your bill and, and when you get your information, it's, it, it will never reach our full potential for uh, for maximum uh, efficiency. So I, I was just curious. It was just an interesting yeah. interesting thought. Hey, hey, Chris, have you heard about this new movie called Water and Power, the California Heist? Um, I have. I haven't seen it, but it's been getting a lot of media attention. Um, I, I, I would have to see it first before I weigh in, but apparently um, it is... It doesn't portray the, some of the water utilities particularly pleasantly. I, I'm getting the idea. Well, you know, <laughs> that when you hear that word heist, you know, that kind of implies something. So it'll be interesting to see. I've gotten a couple emails from people saying, oh, you need to, you know, you need to watch this. So we'll, yeah, it's, we'll on, do that. it's on next Tuesday on the National Geographic uh, channel. It's supposed to question California water rights and the powerful interests that have controlled them. So, yeah, you're, you're right in what you've heard. I haven't seen it, but I definitely want to watch it. So. Yeah, I'm, and I've heard it's supposed to be good, you know, it's supposed to be interesting, um, you know. So it's, I think it's worth watching, though, know, whether it's, you know, how accurate it is, I can't really say, um, especially not until I see it. Yeah. But it would be interesting to see. Okay. Well, great. We appreciate you coming on today, and we'll talk to you again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yes, looking forward to it. Thanks. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for updating us. Appreciate it. And and if anybody wants to really know more, uh, they can go to mavensnotebook.com and uh, check her her website out, and uh, she has great information. Yep, and she collects and provides information that's collected from the state of California. You can see the reservoir levels. You can see, um, you know, what's going on in California with respect to water. So thanks a lot, Chris, for making that possible.
Okay, and, thanks for having me. Talk to you next week. All, all right. right, take care. All right, we're going to take a little commercial now. We have a, uh, a new sponsor who just joined us, and it's uh, uh, Scott's Miracle Grow. So we want to welcome them to the group of wonderful sponsors that we have for the show. And uh, so we'll take a break. We'll be back in a minute to the Water Zone. is the Schmidt's Yard. Companies coming soon and, oh, Schmidt, their deck and outdoor furniture's been dominated by dirt. But no worries, there's plenty of time for Scott's Outdoor Cleaner plus OxyClean to work its magic. Its fast-foaming action lifts dirt and wipes out stains from moss, mold, mildew, and algae. Guaranteed. All while being safe to use around plants and grass. Because when company's coming, dirt's not invited. This is a Scott's Yard. Pick up Scott's Outdoor Cleaner this weekend. Did you know that an irrigation system that has a leak of just one thirty-second of an inch in diameter, that's the thickness of a dime, weighs 6,300 gallons of water per month or 75,000 gallons per year? Well, with more solvent cement experience than anyone on the planet, Weldon formulates their products not just to meet a standard, but to exceed it. Weldon products are designed to provide even greater safety margins often able to make up for common mistakes or less than ideal installation conditions, reducing the chance for leaks and costly callbacks. Weldon's invention of solvent cement over 60 years ago revolutionized the piping industry. From day one, Weldon has led the industry with their broad range of high-performing solvent cements, primers, and cleaners, bringing unique solutions to professional contractors and homeowners. Along the way, Weldon has earned the loyalty of millions of professional contractors who trust their products and depend on their outstanding customer service, live technical hotline, troubleshooting services, and free training. And because they care about the environment, Weldon was the first manufacturer to develop and offer a complete line of low VOC cements. Their hottest formulation is Weldon 750 Hot Weld, a one-step, fast-setting blue PVC solvent cement specifically formulated for superior, long-term, trouble-free performance. So whether you're a professional contractor or just a backyard do-it-yourselfer, choose Weldon, the trusted global leader in solvent cements for leak-free plastic piping systems. To learn more about their complete line of products or technical training, visit the web at www.weldon.com or call their technical service hotline at 877-477-8327. Hey, welcome back to the Water Zone with Mike and Rob. I hope everybody's having a great afternoon. I know Mike and I are. Uh, we put in our days, and, and we're still working our days, and we're doing a good job here, I hope. Anyway, uh, we got lucky enough to uh, get invited to a legislative luncheon in Riverside a week ago and had the great opportunity of meeting up with U.S. Congressman Ken Calvert. So we'd like to play you a little bit of our uh, interview with him. He uh, afforded us some time. What uh, he is particularly versed, well versed in water issues, absolutely in the state of California. So, what his perspective I thought was, uh, our listeners will find very, very interesting. Yep. So here we go. Uh, we'd like to welcome to the show. I have a special guest today. It's uh, Congressman Ken Calvert, representing California, and, and uh, Congressman, we're glad to have you. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, we're excited to uh, get the federal perspective on water. Uh, even though you represent uh, California, you have a breadth of experience in water-related issues. So I guess I'll start off with uh, a question, just whether at the congressional level there's any discussion about the interesting uh, situation that the state of California finds itself in with both being in a drought emergency as declared by the governor of the state of California. He hasn't ended that yet but also uh, having 
uh, gotten President Trump to um, recognize Northern California flooded areas as a disaster area. So we've got that disaster for floods, but a drought emergency at the same time. Can you maybe comment on that uh, situation? Well, obviously, it's the job of the President of the United States to work with all the governors when there's an emergency to, to respond. Uh, and FEMA and our other agencies in the federal government will respond to help these local communities that are in distress. Uh, obviously, no one saw the amount of uh, storm activity that occurred this winter coming. Uh, it did occur. That's good news. Obviously, when you uh, have as much water as we've received over the last uh, two or so months, that's great. But obviously, it's caused a lot of uh, stress, in, uh, mainly in counties up in the north. And obviously, it showed flaws in our infrastructure. And I think that's probably the canary in the mine as far as showing uh, the infrastructure that we have in California in many respects is old. Uh, uh, many respects were not built to the standards that we would expect to be built to today. And so we need to go back and reevaluate uh, that infrastructure that we do have to make sure that it's in proper repair. Uh, we need to work with the federal government to do that, the state of California. And we need to, to work with the state to approve additional new storage, new infrastructure, both for flood control and for storage of water in times of need. So uh, we have a lot of work ahead of us in spite of the fact that we got a lot of rain this year. And, and God, God bless America, we got it. Every single reservoir is virtually full. Uh, right down here in the south, the Diamond Valley is virtually full. The five reservoirs, the MWD system, are virtually full. But we still need to build uh, eight, add 18 feet to Shasta. We still need to build a sites reservoir up north, which would give us an additional 1 million acre feet of storage just in sites alone, about a half a million acre feet at Shasta. Uh, we need to rebuild a San Luis reservoir. It could add significant more capacity to San Luis, temperance flock. Uh, we, we should look at every infrastructure project we can to add additional storage and to deliver that water more effectively and efficiency, with efficiency. How, how can the federal government help California move projects along faster? For, for example, Mike and I had a gentleman who was the CEO of IDE Technologies. They built the uh, desalination plant down in Carlsbad. But it took 17 years to get approval just to build that. And, and I don't think we can wait 17 more years to get another approval, but yet more. And we need, we need more opportunities to, to, to have water here. Well, we live today in a society, both on the federal side and the state side, of regulations run amok. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, we won World War II in four years. And in many respects, uh, you're talking about just the regulatory approvals for one project taking four times as long or three times as long. Well, that's crazy. And we, uh, we need to change that. We need to streamline the regulatory process and get these approvals so that nobody wants a, a bad outcome, but we want a logical outcome. Uh, and uh, no sane person can say that these, this process should take that long. All, all that does is multiply the cost of the project and uh, makes uh, lawyers and consultants uh, wealthier. I don't have any.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm against lawyers and consultants, but, they, but we need to make sure they do more projects rather than a few projects and and hold them off for a number of years. So we gotta, we gotta get, uh, we gotta get this process moving again. You know, to your point, in terms of uh, uh, building new infrastructure, adding to our reservoir capacity, um, it was brought to my attention that on the Colorado River, there's uh, something like sixty to seventy million acre feet of storage, and most of that, if not all of it, was of course built during the Depression and you know federally funded uh, projects. And yet, the Colorado River does not flow as much water in total as the Sacramento River in California, where we have about 10 million acre-feet of water uh, in storage. So that's a huge uh, difference. And to what extent do you think those regulatory burdens perhaps uh, slowed down what maybe in another generation there would have been more building of storage? I'm not saying that we need to duplicate what the Colorado River did seventy and ten. There's a there's a pretty big gap. Well, if you look at the history, there's a great book called uh, Cadillac Desert, which uh, was written a number of years ago. That gets into the projects of reclamation and the Corps of Engineers and the Depression. And, it, and obviously, not everything is perfect. You you probably never would have been able to build the Hoover Dam today. And you talk about storage on the Colorado River system. I, 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 I negotiated the quantification settlement agreement a number of years ago between the upper and lower basin states to do the water transfer to San Diego, 200,000 acre feet to Imperial Irrigation District. It was a very com- complex negotiation, but we, we had the storage in the Colorado River. As you mentioned, uh, the adjudicated water rights in the Colorado River uh, are, are less than the Sacramento River. The Colorado River flow adjudicated rights are only about 8 million acre feet of water. Imperial Irrigation District has rights to half of that, over 4 million acre-feet, which they were the first there. They have a legitimate water right, too. Uh, you know, we, I wish they used the water more efficiently, and, and, uh, you know, but, uh, but they have that. And we were able to work out a water transfer agreement at the same time doing improvements to restrict the water that was leaking into Mexico and do some other improvements. So it's really... They ended up with net probably the same probably amount of water the they same got today. Water they got today. So uh, we got to look at that, the efficiencies we have there, and look at what we have in the north. As you say, there's about 14 million acre feet of storage up in northern California. If you take it all into account, uh, we could easily add an additional five million acre feet of storage, uh, which which not would not have a negative impact on the environment. Uh, we need to do that. 
we need to uh, look at better ways to manage the groundwater. Uh, you know, I, you know, some people have political agendas. I know that that would be a shock to, to you to hear that uh, on how they use water as a way to to move their political agenda versus a way to make sure that people have enough water to have an effective economy. Farmers have to have certainty. Business has to have certainty. Homeowners like to have water when they turn on the shower, or, you know, turn the sink on in their kitchen. And we have a responsibility in government to provide for that. And so we can do that, but we have to use common sense, and we, we can use common sense and have enough water for nature also. I'll give you an example. Well, I don't know what happened. I think uh, we had a uh, operational problem. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, are we. Uh, I guess we're on the line. We're on, we're, we're on live, and okay. we apolo we apologize for that. Uh, we'll uh, <clears throat> have to go back and <clears throat> check out the, the transfer of that data and see. Oh, here we go. Six weeks ago, two hundred and fifty thousand cubic feet per second was moving through the delta. And uh, the Delta Smelt Working Group came in, and the pumps were operating at 14,000 cubic feet per second, moving water down, which is their, pretty much their maximum operational level. The Delta Smelt Working Group wanted to drop the, the water use, uh, water pumping down to 2,500 cubic feet. Out, uh, out, of, out of the 250,000 that was already flowing? Out of the 250,000. If we had to pass the minor adjustment at the end of the year, with, which we worked out with Senator Feinstein and Kevin McCarthy and David Valdeo and others, they would have done that, and those reservoirs would not be full today. Now, let me tell you the result of being able to pump 14,000 cubic feet. Now, we're, now the pumps are down right now. Why? Because there's nowhere to put it. <laughs> we are out of storage. They, if so the, the if we were not able to pump that water, those reservoirs would not be full. And the result was, you know how many smelt was lost in the last two months? Five. Five smelt. And trust me, every biologist that we have in the state of California was out there trying to count every smelt, you know, out there. So... It, it was, it, it was, uh, it, you know, there are those who want to restrict water use because they're using it for political purposes. Right. If you can restrict water use, you can control growth and development. It, it, you know, there's a, in economics, right, you can either allow a pricing mechanism to allocate resources, and when you artificially lower the price of a commodity, we as consumers use more of it than maybe what we really need, but the cost is so low that we tend to overuse it. Well, surprise, surprise, when we go into a five-year drought, there's not enough water to go around for all those you know, low-cost, low-beneficial uses, and that to me seems to be what maybe they're after is the power to then allocate that water and what comes with all that, but that's, of course, just a economic perspective. Well, that's a great question. Look at the State Water Resources Board. In my opinion, have made themselves a laughing stock of the state of California. Every reservoir full, every every place you can put water full. 
why are you continuing to say that we're in a state of emergency and that they want to control uh, water use in the state of California? Now, you can get in this argument, this esoteric argument about groundwater and we have to manage groundwater. Well, you, you know, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. But to tell people, like agencies like the city of Riverside, that even in the height of the drought uh, has unlimited amount of water because of their own water resources, communities that actually put in reclamation use and recycling and put up their money to do so and borrowed money to do that, and when they had money to sell to their customers or water to sell to their customers, were denied that right. And in the, and the irony is they had to raise the water rates to make sure they had enough capital to to pay for their bond indebtedness, which they used the, the debt in order to buy the water they had. Mm. This makes absolutely no sense. Mm. And consumers know that. And so the water, the State Water Board, and, I, and I'll take every opportunity and I'll tell the, the chairman when I see her that this is the nuttiest thing. It makes them look idiotic. Yeah, well, you know, the uh, in December there was a draft uh, paper. Well, again, we apologize. We've sort of narrowed it down to the uh, station's computer sound cart, and we're having that little bit of problem. So um, I guess we'll we'll stop that recording at that point of view, and uh, maybe we'll uh, go back to it on another show and do that. But uh, anyway, it was an interesting conversation with uh, Congressman Calvert. He seems to know a whole lot about water and, and have been very participative in that. And, and, uh, Me too, his to, for him to have been the key lead on the negotiation between the upper basin and lower basin states with respect to allocation of Colorado River water, that that, that, that was a huge uh, accomplishment to get states to agree on how much water they would take from the Colorado River. Yep. So uh, I was amazed at this comment that they uh, they only killed off five. Delta smelt, but, but it's like, gosh, how how do they know, you know, how many there are versus how many they kill? But um, it's a government job. It's a government guy, job. I got so many little but, smelt go by. But it was interesting because you know, with all the water that went, uh, that, that came with all the rain in Northern California, uh, and the fact that the dam operators had to discharge a lot more water from the reservoirs than right. usual. You had uh, water going over, going outside of the normal channels. You know, right. five years of drought, the the rivers got the pretty, overflow. Yeah, they had the overflow. What happened was that water came out with such a rush that a lot of fish uh, got pushed to the banks to the sides. And now that they've slowed down the releases, some of those fish have been stranded, and the state is. Um, Going to the rescue, they're actually sending people out with nets and getting them. And these, a lot of these are like what they call winter uh, Chinook salmon, mm -hmm. and they're juveniles. They're you know they were just recently born, and so uh, the last five years, something like ninety percent of them have not made it out to the ocean because of the low water levels. So uh, they definitely wanted to help get those little guys and gals into that stream flow. And uh, let them get out there to the uh, to the ocean. So, well, that's a good thing. So, yeah, that's a good that's a good, that's a good thing. How much salmon do you think they have up there? Lots. I mean, because there's, I mean, that's a business opportunity up there. Yeah, yeah. You mean you mean like in the rivers? Yeah. Like taking people out to go fishing and that yeah. kind of thing. I don't have a clue, but 
but they have what I would think my perception is that they have fewer today than they did, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. I know when I did a houseboat trip, I don't know if you've ever done that, uh, the Delta trip on with the houseboat. No, I haven't. We, we went there years ago, took the kids and, and the mother-in-law and it was beautiful. My wife was going to wanting to drive that, uh, the houseboat. She's never driven, driven a boat before. Did she put, do any wheelies? No, it had two engines, had two outboard engines, and she. I'm trying to. I, I bought a bunch of fishing gear. I'm not a big fisherman at all, but I bought a bunch of stuff, and I'm out throwing the th- casting the thing, and she's just gunning the thing. So eventually, or re- reoccurringly, my my tackle would get caught up in rocks and things underneath, and it would almost pull the rod out from me. I had to keep cutting the line and losing it because she wouldn't slow down. Then, then oh we were, gosh. yeah. <laughs> then we were coming into, you know, cause as you as you maneuver maneuver through the delta, there's different places you can stop. They have little restaurants and little stops and things. So we're coming into a place, and I'm in the back, and she's up front, and she says, "Hey, where's the brakes?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "There's no brakes, right?" And, and and meanwhile, she sees she sees a guy standing on on a boat next to the dock, and he's he's docked, and she says, "Hey." I don't know how to stop this. You got to move. And he's laughing. He thinks this is really funny, right? And he and she keeps telling him this, and he's laughing. She's probably about 100 feet away. Now we're getting closer and closer. She doesn't stop. She doesn't know to shut the engine reverse it. She hits the other boat. And oh, the guy, my gosh. And the guy gets knocked off in the water. And he wasn't very happy after that. He was nice and pleasant telling her, you know, la, 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 until he got out of the water soaking wet. And we apologized profusely. We told him we'd buy him dinner or whatever. He didn't want anything to do with us but <laughs> oh wow i hope you had some type of cushion there at the front of the boat no oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to pay some money for the insurance for the boat that got oh, my our boat gosh. and his boat that well, got that, damaged that, <laughs> that's not quite as i mean that is a little worse than what happened to me i was out on a lake i can't remember which lake it was but we were on a houseboat it was for you know several days and and uh sarah let me drive the boat and so we were coming around and we're looking for a place to kind of settle for the evening. And there was this really nice uh, kind of saw, uh, really still water area, like a little inlet. And there was a boat at the at the at the top of the inlet, you know. Uh, and so I kind of coasted in and and I said, "Yeah, we ought to get over there," you know. And I kind of came in and just went through. And apparently, the uh, we got to talking to the other boat you know that evening you know we would we swam around and stuff and he said you know when i saw you guys going in there i said either that is one heck of a good pilot that's at the helm or that guy doesn't know what the heck he's doing (laughs) of course it was the latter i guess i was lucky because the water had come in a little bit and i mean it's very very shallow and there's rocks and i could have you know completely damaged the boat but uh, my guardian angel was watching out over uh, well that was the first and last time we've ever taken a houseboat that night we sort of parked in an area like you're talking about was quiet and my wife didn't want us to park near anybody after we hit the other boat (laughs) (laughs) so we, we 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 threw the anchor over and there's two anchors you have because you can go if you throw it in the back, the boat will go in the other direction. You go towards the back, so you need you need to balance it out, one in the front, and one in the back. And the late, so we're getting ready to make dinner on the boat, and uh, the next thing you know is there's mosquitoes, millions and millions of mosquitoes. But of course, you brought your uh, mosquito repellent, right? No. 
And we had to turn all the lights off on the boat and shut all the <laughs> – we were stuffed in there. It was so hot. And that's how you make a memorable vacation. It was a three – it was supposed to be a three-day – Tour? Yes. And <laughs> after one day, my wife – With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've said, and her mother and the kids, we don't want to be here no more. So we only had one, one day, one night, and paid for three, but only had one. And then we had to drive seven hours home. Oh so my god! It was not a not a not a fun trip. That's funny. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's funny now, but I'm sure it wasn't very very funny no, at the time that it was happening. No. Well, let's take a little break, and uh, uh, we'll uh, hear from. Uh, hopefully, we're, our next guest will be calling in. And you're listening to the Water Zone on KCEA 10:50 AM, and we'll be back in just a moment. Are you looking for a place to buy your landscape and gardening items? Come visit us at Site One Landscape Supply. We offer a large and quality selection of irrigation, landscape, and outdoor living products such as Toro's water-efficient precision nozzles. Site One Landscape Supply has over 30 locations right here in Southern California, and we are the largest national wholesale distributor of landscape supplies in the United States. Site One's knowledgeable and friendly staff is equipped to help you with all your landscape, irrigation, and outdoor living projects. Whether you're redoing your backyard into a drought-tolerant garden or creating a water-efficient landscape for your client, SiteOne has everything you need including the latest in water-saving technologies, drought-tolerant plants for your yard, irrigation supplies, fertilizer and weed control products, landscape accessories, hardscape products, outdoor lighting, and much, much more. Visit SiteOne.com to find a store near you or stop by today. Site One, we are stronger together. Are you presently part of the irrigation industry as a worker or business owner? Do you want to learn how you and your staff can boost your knowledge and productivity? Then you should check out Irrigator Technical Training School. Irrigator Tech is the leading source of quality instruction serving all facets of the irrigation industry. Their courses provide a basic, easy-to-understand approach that raises the skill level, competency, and professionalism of landscape and irrigation personnel through practical education and services. Irrigator Tech combines classroom and real-life hands-on training, leading to a well-recognized certification that both customers and employers demand. Irrigator Tech's specialized courses can help you quickly become a certified irrigation auditor or a certified installer, repair, maintenance, or backflow technician. Courses also include certificates in smart water application or becoming a certified tree worker. Most importantly, all certifications are state-recognized, and Irrigator Tech offers annual renewal classes to help keep your certification up to date. So whether you work in California, Washington, Oregon, Nevada, or Arizona, there's an Irrigator Tech class near you. For more information on how to jumpstart your career, call Irrigator Tech toll-free 866-614-1755 or visit them on the web at irrigatortech.com. That's toll-free, 866-614-1755, and on the web at irrigatortech.com. 
Hey, welcome back to The Water Zone with Mike and Rob. And uh, just want to talk to our listeners who may be out in the Minnesota area. Coming up on April 3rd is the kickoff for the Wyland National Mayor's Challenge for Water Conservation. And that's going to be in the city of Bloomington, which is right near Minneapolis. And it's a big deal. Hey, uh, hey, hey. Isn't... Uh our, our sponsors, the Toro Company, aren't they located in Minnesota? Absolutely, in Bloomington. Ah, very good. And we will have our CEO and president there to, to make a speech and our divisional vice president, Mr. Phil Burkhart. Excellent, excellent. So, so that'll be good. But anyway, it's, um, it's brought to you by Toyota, who's the national sponsor with that, along with uh, Toro, the EPA, and uh, U.S. Forest Services and such, and National League of Cities. So we're very excited about that. Um, we're giving away lots of prizes every 30 minutes. It starts at 10 in the morning. There's going to be an Echo Fair. It's at the Mall of America by the Rotunda. <clears throat> Toyota's bringing some new cars. Uh, to take a look at uh, some new uh, Priuses and things, uh, very fuel efficient, and, um, and and we're asking everybody who can attend, or you can do it from your home. If you go online, uh, starting at April first, to my water pledge or. Yeah, dot com. MyWaterPledge.com. Right. You can, uh, they ask you to take a pledge. There's no money or anything. All I do is ask you to say, hey, I'm going to save some water by turning the water off when I brush my teeth. I'm not going to uh, water my, my uh, sidewalks down. Things, things of those kind of things. And what that does, you register your name and what city you're from. And it's sort of like a challenge between what cities can save the most water by their, by their residents. And, uh, there's five categories for five different sizes of cities. But what's really neat uh, as far as the Toros concerned uh, we're giving away some very expensive lawnmowers which is really nice uh, we're also giving away irrigation equipment every 30 minutes there's opportunities to win all these things plus there's also going to be the people who win installations or, or equipment in in the minnesota area they'll get free installation by a local contractor we have one plus there's also a, a sea life aquarium that's inside the mall and anybody who goes and takes the pledge online will get a certificate to get in free for that day, and it's good for 30 days. And if you have a family, they'll probably do the same thing with that. So it's it's a pretty good pretty good deal. But the the key thing is just this uh, idea of awareness and education right. by going to mywaterpledge.com. Again, the pledge has nothing to do with money. It has to do with awareness. Yeah. yeah, awareness, and then committing to go a little extra, take a little extra effort to save water. Where it makes sense. Yeah, like don't start the shower and stand around for 20 minutes waiting for the hot water to come on, you know, things like that. If you're going to do that, people have buckets in there. I've, I've, you know, that's, that's a water tip that water agencies give you. But, but the idea is you go out, you, you take a pledge. Uh, the marine artist Wyland, he's a renowned marine artist, uh, he's also going to be there. And uh, he'll be signing autographs and, and doing things and taking pictures with anybody who wants. Yeah, uh, it was uh, Wyland, the artist. It was his foundation, Wyland Foundation, that six years ago started MyWaterPledge.com to bring awareness to the importance of having clean water to responsibly use and be good stewards of our water resources. Uh, and that has now grown to the sixth year with, uh, I think there was probably... Well, it had over 14,000 cities participate last year. 14,000 14, cities? Individual cities, cities participating. Wow. And um, it's, it's pretty good. And the most interesting part of it is uh, Wyland made, uh, had to attend, uh, went, to, went to the United Nations, and he got them to uh, form, uh, form, formally back him to do the mayor's challenge or similar to that overseas. 
in Europe and Africa and things of that. So uh, he's looking at that to do, and that's going to be uh, good. And Torah's been with him for three years as a uh, as a as a major sponsor to that, and we're very proud uh, and honored to partner up with him. He's been a, a great guy and a great organization. Him and uh, his executive director Steve Creech, uh, they've been totally supportive of uh, this project, and uh, uh, hopefully, we'll be doing this for years to come. Yeah, they they really. Uh... We had a chance to listen to Wyland speak at the Irrigation Association annual conference uh, two years ago. And, you know, just his demeanor, his attitude, his perceptions, understanding of the role water plays in society and in really human life throughout the world oh. was just very refreshing and, you know, you just get the feeling that you want to be part of this effort when yeah. you hear him talk. He's he's amazing. I went with him uh, to the children's hospital in Orange County, and he brought uh, a bunch. Of, they brought a bunch of unfortunately sick kids because that's at the hospital. They brought them into a room, <clears throat> and he gave away little canvases and a whole bunch of art supplies. And he taught them to do sea turtles and things of that. Then he did a big sea turtle like a, a three foot by two foot canvas and he had some of the kids come up and fill in the bottom paint and such as that and what was nice about that he then took it back to his studio completed the artwork and they raffled it off to uh, some people uh, in an event for a chalk event and raised quite a bit of money for that so tens of thousands of dollars for that uh, painting and the kids were just unbelievable in that so he's he's a he's a person who has a really kind heart he's really cares about nature and, and water and and the oceans and and all that things and uh, that's an important thing and i'm glad as i said i'm glad toro's behind that and and the other uh, organizations so if anybody's out in minnesota uh please stop by and get some autographs from him and if not just go to uh, mywaterpledge.com and you and you will be eligible for those prizes as well uh, what they're going to do is sample that every 30 minutes, and they'll announce the winner. You don't have to be present. And there's, like I said, you can get three to $400 uh, lawnmowers, uh, ir- new irrigation products uh, like the Toro uh, Smart Controller, the Evolution Series. Um, also, they have drip zone kits and uh, gift cards and a whole bunch of things we're giving out. So it should be a, should be a great event. I remember uh, a couple of uh, schools actually got, uh, donations to be able to put together vegetable gardens. Absolutely. And so that, you know, is part of the effort to educate young children in terms of where does the food come from and how much water does it take to grow these different crops. They, uh, We got a chance to talk uh, with some of those kids. Right. That's from the and, Journey School. Yeah, uh, here in Irvine. Uh, is it Irvine or Eliso Viejo? Eliso Viejo. Eliso Viejo. So uh, anyway, very, very good um use of the funds that uh become available to the Wyland Foundation. Yeah. So, so what's going on with Lake Mead? Well Lake Mead, you know, uh, it's uh it's a uh, hu- it is the largest single reservoir within the United States. T- over twenty five million acre feet. Now to put that in perspective, the state of California Urban communities use about 8 million acre-feet of water on an annual basis. So you think Lake Mead has the ability to store three years of water. Just that one reservoir has the ability to store three years of urban consumption for the state of California. Of course, there's other, sta- there's other cities and states that use some of that right. water. But still, it, it, it shows you how big it is when you put that perspective on it. And I was looking at some data and the amazing thing is that even though today in March we are above last year's 
Lake Mead level by a little bit and uh, above 2015's level, we are over 100 feet lower than what we were back in 2012. So we've used basically something like 50% of Lake Mead's capacity during the drought, and we're only at about 30 six percent of capacity today why does that matter because 40 million people in the united states rely on water from lake mead in the colorado river basin for consumption and something like five million acres of agricultural land depend on water from the colorado river through lake mead for production of crops and you know, we like to eat occasionally, <laughs> right? And um, it's important to understand that without water, we don't – the farmers can't grow food. So every time we say, hey, how come farmers don't use less water, we need to realize that we're in it together because they're growing the food that we consume. That, that, that's right. You know, I, I, I never could understood we build – we're building two new oil pipelines in the United States. And as you've seen this last week, there's – what they call blizzard storms or nor'easters back east with tons of snow. Why can't we pump that snow from the Midwest or the East Coast in a, in a pipeline and bring it out here? Well, as as uh, we heard, you know, today all of our reservoirs are full, so we need to increase our reservoir, le- right? Right. We, we need to we need to add some capacity. Uh, remember, Especially in Southern California. Yeah, so remember, you know, we've got 10 million acre-feet of storage on, on the Sacramento River versus 70 million acre-feet of storage on the Colorado River. So you can see the, the big difference there. I'm not saying let's go to 70 million, uh, you know, as fast as we can because that would just be cost prohibitive. But, um, but there is a foot. There is the starting of projects – uh, to increase storage capacity in California, partly as a result of the WIND Act, you know, the right. Water Infrastructure Improvement Act for the nation, uh, one of the last uh, legislative laws that, that Obama signed. And it's, uh, it's really key to making that next step. So if, 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 if it snows a lot when we're in a drought, then I think that water pipeline – you know, might make might make sense. You know, I haven't done the calculation in a while. And that is, I think there's like 38 gallons of oil in a barrel or some such thing. Let's compare the price of a gallon of oil versus water versus a gallon of water. Yep. And and in the past, it's really been you know the oil. We'll, was we'll much do that for expensive. next show. Yeah, let's we'll do, do that. That'll be fun. Well, anyway, we uh, come to our end of our show today. And again, we apologize for the sound card issue on the computer, but. Uh, We will address that tomorrow morning, first thing. And thank you for joining Mike and I today. And thanks again to Chris Austin of Maven's Notebook. We certainly appreciate her wisdom and knowledge and her interface in the water business with us. So, everybody, you have a great week. And remember, the most important thing to do this week is to think blue. Good night, everybody. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.